morning today. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome to our online church service. I am so happy that you're here. I believe that the Holy Spirit will minister to every need that you have in your life and that questions that you need to have answered that today as I minister God's word to you, you will see that the Holy Spirit through the scriptures will answer questions that you are asking. Praise God. Today we're going to start in Psalm 84 verse 11, and we are going to receive and bring the holy tithes and offerings here into the storehouse of God. And I would like to give a scripture to build your faith for God's very best to be brought into your life. Now listen to verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Because you're walking in Christ, you're walking uprightly. Because you love the Lord, you're walking uprightly. Because when you make a mistake and you repent and you ask the Lord to forgive you, you're walking uprightly. The very fact that you belong to, to the Lord, that you belong to Jesus, and that you're serving Him places you in a position of righteousness. So you are walking uprightly, you have right standing with God, and the Bible says no good thing will He withhold from you. So I believe that God wants to bring good things into your life, things that make you happy, things that complement the quality of your life, things that allow you to have more freedom to serve God. Praise the Lord. You know, I thank God for modern electronics, things that make our lives easier. Uh, I thank God for washing machines and dryers. Think of all the time that saves from having to wash all the laundry by hand. Well, God wants there to be good things in your life to simplify your life, to make your life one of better quality, where you have freedom of time and you can choose to invest that time wisely in the things of God. God is going to bring good things into your life and it's going to make your life a lot easier. As you bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God, I want you to make a mental note because there is going to be an increase concerning the inflow of good things into your life. It might be a more comfortable chair that you sit in. And that's a great blessing because you can sit in that more comfortable chair and you can read your Bible. You can see God bring all types of good things into your life and it will accommodate your walk with the Lord. It will accommodate your Christian witness. Praise God. This is going to be very, very exciting. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. I declare over your life an increase of good things flowing into your life. Praise the Lord. Now, for those of you that want to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, 
Mooresville, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28117. If you want to uh, go online and bring them in through credit card transaction, which is very safe and very secure, you can do so by visiting the ministry website of stephenbrooks.org. There on the homepage is a link called Tides and Offerings Sow and Reap, and you can go there right now and bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. And as you do so, whether you're going online or whether you're mailing them in, I want you to do so in faith, visualizing good things coming into your life. God is going to bring an increase of good things flowing into your life, and it's going to make your life more beautiful. It's going to make your life more decorative. It's going to make your life more comfortable. Praise God. Get ready for these things. God's going to bring them as a flow, a, a constant flow of good things coming into your life. I declare and decree that over you today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord forever. Praise God. Father, bless your people with good things flowing continually into their lives in Jesus name. Amen. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Praise God. That belongs to you, my friends. Glory to God. Today, I want us to turn to James chapter one and just meet me in verse two. And next week, I will be able to uh, show you all of our new camera gear. I had hoped to show it to you today, but it's all in transit. It has been shipped. It's on the way and will probably most likely be showing up tomorrow. So um, I didn't have it today to show you, but I'm very excited to show you what you're giving, the tangible results of what you're giving has produced as you are partnering with me and my wife and this ministry to help us preach the gospel around the world. You're part of this. So every life that is touched, when we go to the Lord and stand before the Lord to receive rewards, you will also share in the rewards because of your giving and your direct involvement in seeing the kingdom of God expand it throughout the earth in the lives of men and women. Praise God. It's very exciting. I will have all of the camera gear here on the table next week to show you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. James chapter 1 verse 2. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for answers today. We thank you for guidance, for direction, for encouragement and strength. And as we go into it now, we ask that your Holy Spirit would take the spotlight of your word, even like a flashlight, and shine it into any areas of our lives that would need illumination to walk along the path that you have called us to. Now we thank you for this. We thank you for a clear path in which we cannot trip or be made to stumble in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord's presence today. Praise God. James chapter 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, you might think that logically that falling into trials would be something that we would not want to rejoice about or be joyful about, but rather would uh, see from a negative perspective. But actually we are instructed in scripture to count it all joy 
when we fall into various trials. And there's a reason for that. Verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So what produces faith? The Word does. The Word of God produces faith. But what produces patience? The testing of of your faith. So it takes both of these working together, faith and patience. It takes both of them to possess the promises of what God has told you is rightfully yours, what you can have and what you can receive. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm all for that. What do I need to do? You need to walk in these two things on an ongoing basis, faith and patience. It's very, very important to have the patience associated with your faith, because if you don't have the patience, what will take place is that you will become discouraged, you can burn out, and you'll, the whole time you, you burn out, you're, you're thinking, well, I'm doing the right thing. I'm walking in faith, I'm working the word, I'm holding to the promises, but it must not work for me because it hasn't happened yet. So you must be wise and you must walk not only in faith, but also in patience. If you attach the patience to your faith, you are going to arrive at your designated spot. Hallelujah. And just knowing that you're going to get there is very comforting. Even if it's six months away, even if it's one month away, just knowing that you will arrive, it's very, very comforting and assuring. And I want to share that with you today. You are going to get there. You are going to receive what God said is rightfully yours. So my friends stand in faith and also attach today patience to your faith. Praise the Lord. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. How is your faith tested? That's a good question, isn't it? It's tested when you are believing God and standing on certain scriptures that validate your faith. And in the natural, the exact opposite of what you're believing for happens. Wow. And and, and natural circumstances and events would say, it's not working for you. And you see things with your eye, you feel things with your physical body and your natural senses. And it looks like either it's not working or it's even going backwards. And it's times like that in trials or difficulties, you must really stand on the word of God and at the same time, move into maturity as a believer and be a person of patience who says, I will not be denied. Verse four, but let patience have its perfect or complete or mature work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Praise God. The perfect Christian is not a Christian who never sins because the only person who's never sinned has been the Lord Jesus Christ. Perfect here in context of what is being said in the original Greek language means a mature believer. What is one of the great qualities of a mature believer? Patience. 
there's a calmness. There is a, there is a willingness to just hang in there, a willingness not to rush and a, and an understanding also that when we have not yet arrived to not be disappointed because eventually we will arrive. Praise God. So to be perfect is to be mature. And that also means that you are a complete believer lacking nothing. Praise God. Hallelujah. My friends, when you are believing God for financial miracles, financial increase, and you're tithing, you even sow financial seed, but then something happens perhaps where you you don't see your harvest as fast as you would like, or maybe an unexpected bill comes in and these various trials happen. Uh, Maybe something pops up where the water heater, uh, you know, explodes and now water has gone all over the house. Maybe you need a new floor or something happened to the roof. Now you have to make roof repairs. These are all expenditures that you were not anticipating, but nevertheless, you have to fix them. And so here you are believing for increase, and it looks like what's happening is decrease. But don't let those things throw you one bit. Just praise the Lord. When these various trials happen, just say, praise God. God's got enough to cover all of it, and I will continue to move forward into God's plan of prosperity for my life. In your physical body, you could be in faith for God to heal you. Maybe you're wanting God to do a miracle in your eyes, and your eyes uh, have certain conditions that the doctor has diagnosed uh, of deterioration, and your eyesight is getting weaker and poorer, and you're believing in faith, holding to the Word of God for your eyes to be healed, and while you're doing that, you get hit maybe even with something else that tries to attack your body. What should you do? You just rejoice. And say, Lord Jesus, despite these attacks, I still know that you're my healer, and I'm not giving up. I'm continuing to hold to your word, and I'm not yielding. I know that all of these things will yield to your word, and that healing is mine. Well, it's not easy to do that when the trials and the circumstances are taking place. But my friends, that's why we must have patience, because God can come in a moment with His glory, with His presence, and suddenly you find every symptom has completely left your body. Suddenly you find yourself completely whole. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to live in a physical body knowing that something's not right and that it can't be fixed by a doctor, and that only God can do it. And there's some things that maybe doctors could fix, but it costs so much money, and then there's so much time and recuperation and healing and and involved that uh, it's better just to trust the Lord on some things. And so maybe you are going that path, but whatever the case might be, I've been in those places before where I needed a touch from God. And it looks like nothing is happening. It feels like nothing is happening. And weeks go by, months go by. But I have had those times where the Lord has just come into the room with his presence. And I have felt the touch of God. And I have been completely healed. And when the glory began to lift, I I, I told the Lord, Lord, 
you have completely healed my arm. Lord, you completely healed my chest, whatever my condition was before. When the Lord would, would withdraw with that tremendous glory, I would find myself healed. But you know what? I had patience. I never said, you know, God, you haven't done it soon enough. I guess you don't want to do it. Uh, I guess maybe you want to heal some, but not me. No, I always stayed in a place of faith, but I always put that patience in there because I said, Lord, I know that technically on the cross, you purchased my healing. You purchased my atonement, my salvation. I put my faith and trust in that. It belongs to me. And so, you know, we can't push a button and make God do certain things, but we can stand on his word and trust him and believe him. And as you do that, and involve patience, God will come, and you will receive what it is you are believing for. So I've had God heal me on numerous occasions from numerous conditions that honestly were quite severe, and God has completely healed me, and today there's no trace, no trace that I ever once suffered a physical infirmity, and I give God all the praise for that. So he could come and touch you today. Today can be your day. But you'll never know that if you don't have patience with your faith. So you just need to lock in with the Lord and say, Lord, your word is settled forever in heaven. And so I believe your word. I stand on it for the rest of my life every day. I just give you praise. You're my healer. You're my provider. And as you do that, you'll see God come into your life in the most amazing ways and manifest the promises that he said rightfully belong to you. But if you don't have the patience, if you don't have the patience, you'll never experience these wonderful touches from God, where you get what I would call the full package. Woo! The full package deal. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Right now, right where you're at, just determine to lock in for the long haul. Praise God. Determine to never throw in the towel. And I can't promise you that it won't be discouraging at times. I cannot promise you that you won't have trials. I can actually do the exact opposite. I can actually promise you that you will have trials. But this is what I can also promise you. If you will rejoice in the midst of the trials, and you will just praise the Lord even more, and you will just be a person of faith and patience, you'll still get all the good things that God intends for you to possess. And by the way, that's a lot. That is the whole buffet table of God's blessings. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just lock in right now. Pastor Stephen, I have not yet received my healing. Lock in right now that by faith, just receive by faith that you already are healed and just stand on that and stand on that and stand on that praise the Lord. How can your faith ever really develop if it's never tested? If everything was just instantaneous, I mean, just everything, your faith never really could grow and develop the way God wants it to. That's why your faith is tested. And out of that testing develops this beautiful spiritual attribute called patience. Hallelujah. Praise God. You're going to get there. And since you are going to get there, just relax in the Lord, enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey, and praise God 
along the way. Hallelujah. Let's turn back one book to the left, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6. And let's stop, drop down to uh, verse 12. Praise the Lord. It says, Do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You have to incorporate faith and patience to inherit the promises of God. Praise the Lord. Verse 13, for when God made a promise to Abraham, see God made a promise to Abraham, and I know that God has made a promise to you, but just like the promise that he made to Abraham, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight. You have to move with the Spirit when the Spirit moves, but you must also understand that God has ordered our lives in a way where not every day is designed by God to be a fireworks spectacular day. Did you ever notice that here in America, our National Day of Independence, in which a lot of fireworks are shot off, the 4th of July, it only comes once a year. Not every day is a day to shoot off a lot of fireworks. Uh, you really wouldn't want to have that every day. It would get old. Not every day is a Christmas morning where you wake up and there's gifts waiting for you. If you actually had that every day, believe it or not, that would get old too. Even in the old covenant system, not every day was a feast day. It's not every day you've got to pack everything up and go to Jerusalem and be involved in these grand, glorious feasts. No, most days are normal days. And just because there's not spectacular, just because there's not fireworks, still does not diminish the fact that this is still the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in Him. Just that it's not a sunny day. And just the fact that it's not a blue sky day, but maybe it's rainy, maybe it's dreary. Those are still good days, too. Every day in the Lord is a good day, even if it's what we would sometimes identify as a mundane, routine-type day. There's still joy in those days, because the Lord is still the Lord of every minute and every hour of our time. So, since we are moving into promises, it is the overall journey of the Christian life experience in which we find happiness and sweetness, not just the obtaining of a promise, but the overall journey of maturing and being perfected in our faith that makes our life meaningful and makes our life have happiness because we learn more about the Lord. Praise God forever. Okay, so again, we are in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 15, and it says, let's go to verse 14, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. But Abraham's blessing and Abraham's multiplication did not happen overnight. 
you have to be patient. You have to wait on the Lord to do what only he can do. And that's what he also found out because Abraham was a person that wanted the promise to be manifested just like you and I do. But he was a person that got out ahead of God and he got into the flesh and he did something in the natural in a human attempt to fabricate the plan of God and it caused sorrow it caused grief and when he got back on track and began to wait and stay in faith that's when eventually he arrived to where God wanted him to be verse 15 and so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise I believe that you also are going to obtain every promise that God has for you Pastor Stephen, how do I do it? You obtain the promises the same way our forefather Abraham did through faith and through patience. In the flesh, in the natural means of operating, it can be easy to get out ahead of God's plan. Maybe you're single and you want to get married and you have passions and you have urges and you have longings and you you want to get married. Well, you have to be careful to walk it out in patience and wait for the spouse that God has for you because in some ways, the easiest thing in the world to do is to get married. I mean, you can go to a wedding chapel, drive through wedding chapel in Las Vegas, and in 30 seconds, you can be legally married. Wow, how about that? So it's the easiest thing to do. So it's not just doing it, it's doing it the right way. And in order to obtain God's best, you will, not you might, you will have to involve patience in this heavenly formula. You know, it's the same thing with ministry. I knew years back that God had a calling for me to go into ministry and that it was a full-time calling, but I could not go into the ministry full-time until the Lord endorsed that. It's so easy for young ministers who sense that calling to move too soon, and maybe they quit their job and they, they step out into the ministry, but there's not enough ministry support to sustain them, and so they have to circle back and find the place where the provision is at. But my friends, whatever it is, whatever that promise is, when you wait on the Lord, eventually the time will come when the Lord says go. And that's where the promise becomes reality. I remember that when the Lord called me to go into the ministry full time, I I remember early in the morning, he told me to give my two week notice at the job I was working at and he said give your two week notice because you are now going into the ministry full time and you know what I only had three meetings scheduled for the entire year in which I could derive some form of income but the Lord said go now and I went in the timing of the Lord and the Lord has provided ever since but if you get a hit of the Lord and you're not patient then you can be in a place where the provision is not there. So my friends, you can possess the promises, but God wants us to possess them peacefully in the right way. What is the right way? Through faith, yes, but not just in faith, but faith and patience. And that way, when it arrives, some ways, literally it arrives 
on your very doorstep. And there it is. Now it's time to step into it. Now the wisdom of God is all over it because the wisdom of God, first of all, is humble. The wisdom of God is pure. The wisdom of God is in the right time. The wisdom of God is very agreeable. The wisdom of God is willing to yield. And so it all comes together and you'll be so happy that you waited and that you did it God's way. So it worked the same way with Abraham and it works the same way with us. One more time, verse 12, do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise, inherit the promise. Praise the Lord. There's many things that God wants you to inherit. You will inherit them through your faith and your patience, and they will be yours. I think the reason sometimes why we rush or we try to fabricate something in the natural is because the promises look, they look too far away. And so we think because they're out of reach or they're too far away, we have to do something, you know, like crazy in order to make it happen. But you don't. You really just need those two things and just stay on it. Faith and patience, faith and patience, and it'll just come. At the right timing, it'll just come right into your life. You don't have to do anything crazy. You don't have to produce an Ishmael. You don't have to get involved in something that God has not called you to do. Just hang in there and keep doing the right thing over and over and over again. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's boring. But everyday normalcy of life is actually pleasurable. Praise God, because it's in those moments that you establish good patterns. It's in those moments when you establish really good consistency of walking with God. And that's something that leads to maturity and very high levels also of productivity. Praise God. One more scripture today. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 and talk a little bit more today about obtaining these amazing promises that God has given us through faith and patience. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32, praise the Lord. But recall the former days in which, after you were illuminated, in other words, after which they understood the knowledge of the gospel, they, they, they could see that Jesus shedding his blood on the cross, this was the means of salvation and the forgiveness of sins. So also the writings being to the Jewish Christians who are now under tremendous persecution to abandon faith in Christ and go back into works of legalism and hope in the law. And Paul is encouraging them not to do that, but to stand strong in the midst of these great temptations to go back to Judaism. But recall the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me in my chains, and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. I think that's very important. 
you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Praise the Lord. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. As you are going after the promises of God, you need to realize that it's not a hundred yard dash, or as in the Olympics today, the 800 meter dash. It's really more like a marathon, and you have to be locked into this for the long haul. You need endurance, not just the ability to sprint, but the ability to acquire endurance. And endurance, when you look at the difference naturally between a sprinter and a person that runs a marathon, there are two different types of build because the athlete that is the endurance athlete, it's not about the externals. In other words, it's not about muscles and explosive power, but it's really about something in some ways that you can't really see from the outside because it's about the lungs and the ability to have a high aerobic threshold. And you can look at that person that's a a distance runner and you think well what could that person do they hardly have any muscular development but it's not so much about what we would call fast muscles as it is about the lungs and just a very very powerful inner engine because when you're running the marathon it's not who can run the fastest in the 100 meters or the first mile but it's 26 miles mile after mile after mile and that has to do with the ability of the inside to deal with oxygen and the assimilation of, of oxygen and, and blood flowing throughout the body. It's an, it's an amazing mechanism that God has designed, and that can be increased. Your aerobic threshold can be increased through training. We need to train in faith and patience. We need to realize we're going to stay on it, not just stay on it, but we're going to stay on it for a long time, not just permanently, not just make a little push. There can be times to make a good push, but still, after seasons of refreshing, after seasons of revival, even after mountaintop experiences, you still have to function in your everyday life. And when, when you see the glorious experience that Jesus had up on the mountain, that would be uh, as recorded in Matthew chapter 17. And Jesus also took along Peter, James, and John with him to the top of the mountain. And there was what we know as the transfiguration experience, supernatural, glorious experience. But you can't, in a sense, live up on the mountaintop all the time. You have to come back down from the mountain and you have to engage in everyday activity. What does that mean? Faith and patience. You're back to faith and patience. And when Jesus came down from the mountain, guess who was waiting for him? This multitude and this man with a demon-possessed son and problems and troubles and difficulties in the trials of life. So how do you overcome with the trials of life? You rejoice in the Lord and you count it all joy because it's a test of your faith and this testing of your faith produces patience. Faith and patience put together equals 
the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. I want you to see yourself as a spiritual distance runner, a person that just locks in and says, Lord, you are a good God. Your word is forever settled in heaven. And Lord, I'm not going away. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to believe day and night. And Lord, when I have epic experiences in the glory, I'll continue to believe. And Lord, when things would appear to be dry or would appear to be from a natural standpoint not working, I'm still going to have faith and patience and continue to believe. And when you do that, you'll see that breakthroughs will happen. Sometimes when breakthroughs happen, they come out of nowhere. They can happen in the midst of a dry spell. And suddenly your dry spell went from being dry to a complete rainy season of blessing. It can happen just that quick. It can all change in one minute. That's why you must stay in faith and patience because the Lord will come. The Lord will come. He will come visit you. He will come bless you. He will come answer your prayers. He will come manifest his blessings in your life. But you must be a person that has patience attached to your faith. One morning, I awoke early in the morning. I was in a deep sleep, but I was awakened by somebody standing at the foot of the bed, uh, chewing, chewing on food. And the person was chewing so loud that it it woke me up. And when I woke up, the Lord was standing at the foot of my bed, and he was eating a cookie. And he was crunching the cookie so loud. And he told me, he said, take a cookie. Because the cookies represent the sweet blessings of God. It's the manifestation in your life of the things that you're believing God to do. So my friends, the key to these manifestations of the cookies of the good things in life. And even right now, while I'm teaching this, I'm smelling in the spirit realm, I'm smelling cookies that are baking. Praise God. So the key to these manifestations is just to stay with the Lord, stay in faith, stay in patience and keep praising him all the time as you go. And he will come in power and you will see his goodness manifested in your life. Father, I pray for those today that might feel weary, that might feel discouraged, who might feel, in a sense, moved by what they see instead of moved by what they believe. I pray for them, O God, that they get back on faith and they begin to lock into patience and stand with you for the long haul. And I thank you, Father, that you will come, you will bless, and you will pour out abundant blessings, and you will also encourage along the way through signs and through wonders and through, through prophetic insight, through prophetic guideposts, through prophetic witnesses that this is the right way. Walk in it. Father, we thank you for your prophetic encouragement along the way. Now, we thank you for the cookies manifesting in our lives. Lord, so many blessings. You want us to have them, but they are possessed through faith and patience. So, Father, we apply these two spiritual forces today. And we thank you that we will find ourselves eating lots of cookies in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen and amen today. 
as a, as a prophetic act of faith, I want you to go out today and eat a cookie. Praise God. Whatever you like, chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin, you know, um, peanut butter cookie, uh, sugar cookie, whatever makes you happy. Go buy a cookie today, and as you eat it, let it be an act of faith, a prophetic release, that you are standing in faith and patience, and that those things that you're believing God for will suddenly come to pass in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's take Holy Communion today. As we take communion today, I want to teach you about a word that is in the Bible, but you'll probably never use it in your everyday vocabulary. Uh, this is actually found in 1 John chapter 1. I want you to turn there with me and see this. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 1, excuse me, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, and this will be verse 2. Go ahead and grab the communion elements of the bread and the juice. And Father, as we're going to partake of the body and the blood of Jesus, we now consecrate and bless this. This is now the flesh and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, listen to 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. Referring to Jesus, John said, And he himself, Jesus, that be, would be Jesus, he himself is the propitiation for our sins. When's the last time in your everyday language you use the word propitiation? Probably never or very, very rarely. So I need to explain to you what the word propitiation means as we're now going to receive Holy Communion. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Praise God. What does it mean when it says that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins? Probably the best way to think of it would be to think that the word propitiation means appeasement. He is the appeasement for our sins. He is the one that soothed and calmed and appeased the wrath of God against sinful man. You know, back in Greek mythology, when you would look at the gods that supposedly lived up on Mount Olympus, you would see these gods like Zeus or Apollo or Hercules or, you know, on down the, uh, the pantheon of the list of the various mythological gods. And it was kind of funny because you could see that sometimes the gods would get mad and somebody on the earth would try to do something to appease or soothe the angry God. So they would give a sacrifice or they would do something like that uh, to make the gods happy. And some, some theologians would think, well, you know, Jehovah God is not like that. Well, it's very interesting. In some ways, Jehovah God is like that. Father God looked down on sinful man and was displeased with the sin of man. 
And there was an anger that God had against man because of all of the sin. Well, Jesus came to the earth to make an appeasement for this great wrath and anger of God that was against us. And Jesus laid his life down at Calvary and shed his blood, completely emptied himself and died for us so that so that this wrath, this wrath of God would be placated. If I could use the word placate, which means to pacify or calm. Wow. So the Lord's preeminent act, the superior thing that he did while on the cross was to placate the wrath, the anger, the burning anger of God. And so Jesus, by dying on Calvary, appeased the wrath of God, calmed the wrath of God. So you can technically say God's not mad at you or me anymore because Jesus appeased the wrath of God. Now here's what's amazing. It's not only a soothing and taking away the anger so that now Father God is calm and peaceful, but it's actually also a restoring of us back into full favor with God. So not only is God not mad at you anymore, because all of that anger and wrath was funneled on Jesus at Calvary because he took our sins for us. So the anger of God has been has been taken away. It has been soothed. It has been dealt with. But we also are restored back into a place of sonship and full favor with God when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now, verse 2, he, Jesus himself, is the propitiation, the appeasement for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. What is that? That's good news. In essence, that's what the gospel is, that if you'll put your faith and trust in Christ and in what he did for you and for me at Calvary, you can receive forgiveness of sins and the wrath of God is no longer on you. There is full appeasement, and you are brought back in the right relationship with God, and you can look into the eyes of God your Father with full confidence and joy, knowing that your sins have been washed away, they have been paid for, and they are gone. And now you have full favor with God. Wow, that is the good news of the gospel. So, propitiation. What is the propitiation of our sins? It is the appeasement of our sins, the soothing of God through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and his life being laid down as a sacrifice for us. And now we have access to all of the blessings of God, every single one of them. Today, as we get ready to receive the body of Christ, I want you to realize that when Jesus laid his life down for you at Calvary, he made atonement for your sins. He made an appeasement for you so that the wrath of God no longer abides on you. Whatever place you're at today, give your life to the Lord fully. 
follow after the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart. Enter in into the life of God and enter in into all of the blessings of God through faith and patience. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, that as we, re- as we receive his body, we receive him, knowing that he is the propitiation for our sins, and also, not just for ours, but for the sins of the whole world, for whoever will believe in him. Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ and his eternal sacrifice for us, opening up the pathway to eternal life and to all of your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord forever. God is working all things for good in your life. And every good thing is flowing into your life through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Take it by faith and take it with determined patience. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. And as we receive it now, we thank you that we are in good standing with you because our faith and trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ and the great preeminent work that he accomplished at Calvary. We thank you, Father God, that you are not mad or angry at us, but you see us through the shed blood of Christ, and you see us as being the righteousness of you, O God, in Christ Jesus. We accept this righteous standing through faith. We believe it, and we apply it now through the shed blood of Christ. In his name, amen. Let's drink. Glory to God. Glory to God. The blessings of God are coming into your life much swifter, much sooner and faster than what you think or even realize. Keep pressing in and follow after the Lord with all of your hearts. His grace is more than enough for you. His grace is sufficient for you. And every promise will be manifested in your life by His goodness. My friends, thanks for watching. I'll see you back next week. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.